Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Hope you're doing well this morning. Just so you know, if you are watching this on YouTube or Facebook and you don't listen to the podcast, or maybe you just see these um, backgrounds, just so you know, this background behind me is... It's just a um, it's just a green screen. I'm sure some of you already know, but I don't actually have a uh, house out on the on the beach and different things like that. So, anyways, um, to jump back into the story here, last we left off, hopeful was sharing his testimony and how he began to hear about this righteous man. He's the the conclusion was well. There's no one good enough to go to heaven. There's no one that's been so good to to justify, to be justified completely completely in the eyes of the law. And and then as he begins to go down this journey, he begins to learn. Wait, there is somebody that has been justified completely in the eyes of the law, and it was the man Jesus Christ. And not only did he live in such a way that uh, allowed him to be faultless, but he lived, but his faultlessness, his righteousness was so powerful that it was something that could be imputed to to everyone. And, and that's his question here. He says, how is it? I asked him further. This is hopeful saying about his conversation with Faithful. Um, Faithful was the friend of Christian who was killed in the city of Vanity Fair. And he he's asking Faithful, because this is where he first met him, and he's, he's beginning to feel conviction, and and, be, and the work of repentance has begun his heart, in his heart. He says, I asked him further how that man's righteousness could be of such efficacy as to justify another before God. He told me he was the mighty God, and he did what he did, and he died the death also, not for himself, but for me, to whom his doings and the worthiness of them should be imputed if I believed on him. That's where we left off yesterday. And Christian asked, he said, and what did you do then? It's funny because that's that's how he follows up basically every response from hopefully. He says, no, what did you do then? Hopeful says, I made my objections against my believing for what for that I thought he was not willing to save me. Mm, how true that is. That we we get introduced to the powerful grace, righteousness of Christ, but for some reason we're too we're too sinful in our own minds. It's really pride, but God can't do that for me. He's he can't he wouldn't save me. I've I've lived against him for so long now. <clears throat> and it says and and what and what said faithful to you then? As Christian, he's hopeful, says, well, he bade me to go to him and see. Then I said it was presumption. He said, no, for I was invited to come. And then Jesus gave me a book. Then he gave me a book of Jesus, his indicting to encourage me the more freely to come. And he said, concerning that book, that every jot and tittle thereof stood firmer than heaven and earth. He's made a few references here to Matthew 11, verse 8 about the invitation from Christ. Matthew eleven eight says, uh, But what went ye out to see? A man clothed 
Am I in the right spot? Um, 11. Matthew eleven twenty eight. There we go. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the invitation that has been given to every one of us. Then he says of this book that has these promises, these are firmer than heaven and earth. He's making a reference to Matthew twenty-four thirty-five. Matthew twenty-four thirty-five says, here it is, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And then I asked him what I must do when I came. And he told me I must entreat on my knees with all my heart and soul the Father to reveal him to me. This is a reference to Exodus Exodus uh, 25. Exodus 25, 22. 21 says, And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark, and in the ark shalt thou put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee and will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony of all th- things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. And then I asked him further, how must I make my supplications to him? And he said, go, thou shalt find him upon a mercy seat. And that's, that's the reference here made to Exodus where he sits all the year long to give pardon and forgiveness to them that come. And I told him I knew not what to say when I came, and he bid me to say this effect, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, Mm. and make me to know and believe in Jesus. For I see that if his righteousness had not been, or I have not faith in that righteousness, I am utterly cast away. We have another reference to uh, Leviticus 16.2. I think this is also in reference to where God sits. Leviticus 16.2. Man, I just read through Exodus and Leviticus, and I somehow missed to notice where God sits here on the mercy seat. And he's sat, he has been sitting on the mercy seat since the beginning of time. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. And we have a, a note here from the author as he, as faithful, it was telling hopeful to just say something to this effect. God be merciful to me. Because if I don't have faith in you, I'm I'm utterly done. I'm cast away. And the author says, pray mind this. The grand object of a sensible sinner is righteousness. He has it not in himself. This he knows. Where is it to be found? In Christ only. <clears throat> this is a revealed truth. And without faith in this, every sinner must be lost. Consider, it is at the peril of your souls that you reject the righteousness of Christ and do not believe that God imputes it without works for the justification of the ungodly. Oh, ye stout-hearted, self-righteous sinners, ye are far from righteousness. 
Know this and tremble. Mm. Stout-hearted and self-righteous sinners. He says, as he continues in the type of prayer, he says, pray something like this. He says, Lord, I have heard that thou art a merciful God and hast ordained that thy son, Jesus Christ, be the savior of the world. And moreover, thou art willing to bestow on bestow him upon such a poor sinner as I am. And I am a sinner indeed. Lord, take therefore this opportunity and magnify thy grace in the salvation of my soul through thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christian asks, well, did you do as you were bidden? Hopeful says, yes, over and over and over. Wow. Christian says, and did the Father reveal the Son to you? Hopeful said, no. Not the first, nor the second, nor third, nor fourth, nor fifth, nor at the sixth time either. No fear from the author. It says, there may be and often are very great discouragements found in the sinner's heart when he first begins to seek the Lord. But he has Christ's faithful word of promise. Seek and ye shall find, etc. In, in Luke chapter 11, verse 9. The vision is for an appointed time. It shall come, though it tarry. Wait for it, because it will surely come and will not tarry. This is reference to Habakkuk 2 and verse 3. Man, this is something that, uh, this concept, and this is a, that was a direct uh, quote from Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3. He says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not unright, upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Wow. Mm. And Christian says, well, what did you do then? And Hopeful says, what? Why I could not tell what to do. Had you not any thoughts of leaving off praying? Yes, said Hopeful, a hundred times, twice told. And what was the reason that you did not? Well, I believe that it was true which had been told me to it, that without the righteousness of this Christ, all the world could not save me. And therefore thought I with myself, if I leave off, I die. I can but I cannot, I can at least die at the throne of grace. And with all this came into my mind, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come and will not tarry. So I continued praying until the Father showed me His Son. Mm. How many times have I heard this to be the case in someone's life? Maybe not to this end, unfortunately, but I called unto Him. That's it. And here we have, obviously in, in an allegorical way, but uh, such a a vivid picture of what I, I've seen uh, personally in my own life and the life of many others of just calling out many times. And sometimes there's this idea that, <clears throat> there's this, forgive me, my voice is, 
recovering. I've been drinking throat coat this morning, though it's been helping. But there's this idea that, oh, just pray and, and you're good to go. Well, as Pilgrim asked, uh, as, as Christian asked, hopefully says, well, did, did, were you revealed? Was the, was the sun revealed to you? And he says, no, not this time. He says, what about the second? No, not the second, not the third, not the fourth. And he says, a hundred times twice told he prayed. But he had to keep, he had these promises to keep, which was, wait, it's coming, but you have to seek. Seek and ye shall find. And this is a note from the author. He says, the true nature of faith is this. Uh, to believe and rest upon the word of truth and wait for the promised comfort. That faith, which is upon the gift of God, leads the soul to wait upon and cry to God and not to rest to let us some blessed testimony from God or interest in the love and favor of God in Christ Jesus. But alas, how many professors rest short of this? Mm. That's exactly what I was, uh, what I was concluding myself. That many people, they call and they call and they call, or they they call and then they're told, "Did you call?" Yeah, I, I called, and it's nothing is asked after that. Just okay, good. You're you're good to go. Well, that isn't that isn't by anybody's experience. Um, the, probably the best way to go about asking somebody about, um, may, maybe it might be better to go about asking it like Christian does here. Well, was a, it, has the Son been revealed to you? Have you been given interest in the love and favor of God in Christ Jesus? Because the, the genuine love for God and hate for sin is something that is given. It cannot, it cannot be made up. You can't just formulate this on your own in your own life. Wow. And so finally Christian says, well, how was he revealed unto you? Hope says, I did not see him with my bodily eyes, but with the eyes of mine understanding. He's making a reference to your Ephesians one uh, eighteen. Ephesians one uh, eighteen. If If this is the first time you've listened or you're just... You've only listened to the last few. Um, there is a lot of references in this book that I don't. I think if you do not take the time to stop and read them, and I think you're missing out because uh, this is all a pictures, as you can see, all pictures of of scripture being taught and explained. Ephesians one eighteen says, "The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling." And what the riches of the glory of his of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, word who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might, dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Mm. And thus it was, one day I was very sad. I think sadder than any one time in my life. 
And this sadness was through a fresh sight of the greatness and vileness of my sins. And I was then looking for nothing but hell and the everlasting damnation of my soul. Suddenly, as I thought, I saw the Lord Jesus looking down from heaven from upon me, saying, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. <clears throat> this has been the message from the beginning. What, what's the difference? The difference is the, the time that God requires. He says, but he, he says, I replied, Lord, I am a great, a very great sinner. And he answered, my grace is sufficient for thee. And then I said, but Lord, what is believing? And then I saw from, then I saw from that saying, he that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believe on me shall never thirst. That believing and coming was all one that cometh to me, and he that believeth on me. Wow, one that's all one thing. And that he that came, that is, ran out in his heart and his affections after salvation by Christ, he indeed believed in Christ. That the water stood in my eyes, and I asked further, But Lord, may such a great sinner as I am be indeed accepted of thee? And by and be saved by thee, and I heard him say, "And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out." Then I said, "But how, Lord, must I consider of thee in my coming to thee, that my faith may be placed aright upon thee?" And then he said, "Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth." The end. Ah. Oh. We're just going through a ton of verses here. He died for our sins and rose again for our justification. He loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He is mediator between betwixt God and us. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. From all which I gathered and that, that I must look for righteousness in his person and for satisfaction for my sins by his blood that what he did in obedience to his father's law and in submitting to the penalty thereof was not for himself, but for him that will accept it for his salvation and be thankful. And now was my heart full of joy, mine eyes full of tears, and my affections running over with love to the name, people, and ways of Jesus Christ. Mm. We have a note here from the author, and this is this is very good. He says, Reader, never think that you are fully convinced of the truth, of the whole truth, nor believe fully on Christ according to the scriptures, unless, unless you have seen as much need of Christ's glorious righteousness to justify as of his precious blood to pardon you. Both are revealed in the gospel, both are the objects of faith. By both is the conscience pacified, the heart purified, the soul justified, and Jesus glorified in heart, lip, and life. Wow. Wow. Mm. And I've, I've got to bring this to an end here, but man, I could... 
these are the parts of the story I could really, all of this I could sit down and read in one sitting if I had the time, but, well, we're going to go ahead and and stop there. There was so many references, I didn't want to stop, and they were just being quoted straight um, anyways, so I will make sure to put all those in the um, description here on this video or the, the podcast, whether you're listening to it, so you can look these up yourself, but, wow. I don't know about you, but something like this makes me just want to say amen and and just be thankful for what he's done. And and, and possibly even see that others and, and maybe even yourself might be in a position where like Christ, like hopeful, you've called out and you've called out and you've called out and you've called out and there's just you you don't you're not getting it you're not getting everything that we're talking about here you're not talking you're not getting everything that's promised in scripture well it's not that the promise is invalid or that god won't save it's just give it some more time keep calling don't stop may your may your conclusion your your decision be like hopefuls and be like you know what if I never get this, at least I will be at the foot of the throne of grace, having been begging for mercy and not stopped. But of course, God will save. He promises that. That reference to Habakkuk 2.3, oh, so great. The vision is, a, is for an appointed time, and it shall come. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come and will not tarry. Many people... I believe, uh, as he says here, many professors have rested short of having actually received. And it's not that God is not willing to give, but he is going to give in his own time. And it's it may require more time for others and less time for another, but um, if you are seeking him, don't stop. Don't stop seeking him. What it the truth goes for whether you have received his grace and his mercy and his love and you've been given that relationship that you want and you desire. Continue to seek him. And if not, he's there and he's waiting. He's sitting on the mercy seat. And in his time, as much as we want it to be in our own, he says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And he is willing, as he did here, to, and he promises in Isaiah, Come now, let us reason together, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Reasoning reasoning with the Lord. But don't stop. Don't leave to, to just reason with yourself or reason with other people. The person to reason with is the man Jesus Christ, and Stay there and, and and live there in front of him. And he will, and he promises that he will give us his, his life and his blood and, and impute his righteousness to us. With that, I hope you all have a great day. I could keep going and going. I've, <laughs> I, found the, I found this part of the book to be quite enjoyable. Alrighty, guys. Hope you all have a great day. And God bless.